You're listening to a Sunday morning message from Glory Day Lutheran Church in Houston, Texas. Thanks for joining in. For more information about Glory Day and next steps you can take with us, check out gdlc.org or find us on Facebook and Instagram at GDLC Houston. We are in our second week of Advent, and Advent is a time we prepare our hearts and minds for the birth of Christ, but also for his ultimate return, again, all power, glory, and might. And we're using a theme not only for the first four Sundays of Advent, but also in Christmas and even into Epiphany called Experiencing Joy. And so what you're going to see is every week there's going to be a different Experiencing Joy, and and today it's in God's presence. Next week it's going to be in God's plan. Uh, The following week it'll be uh, uh, in God's, I can't even remember what it was, but it'll be really good. Oh, in worship, experiencing God in worship, experiencing joy in worship. And um, we're going to use those themes throughout all of uh, December and then into the Epiphany to remind us that, that joy is, um, that we can experience joy regardless of what's happening around us. So let me begin with a bit of vulnerability. I would have to say that for the most part, my 25 years of pastoral ministry is one characterized by joy. I like to be uh, seen as one who brings joy instead of sucking joy out of you. And if I do, don't tell me. Yeah, there's, there's a personal side that my poor family, my wife and my kids get to see the grumpy, grouchy, goofy husband and dad. But I try as much as I can to live my life to seek to maintain a joy-filled, optimistic, cup always half full, non-anxious presence in my pastoral leadership and my pastoral care in all three congregations that I have served even through some pretty challenging and difficult situations. But I got to tell you, these last two years of political strife, of COVID shutdowns, of vaccine mandates, of wearing masks, of HIPAA violations, of riots, of violence in our streets, defunding the police, and all the intense emotions associated with it all, And then you throw in rising gas prices, supply chain issues, got that right, not to mention leading a congregation through it all. I didn't realize that my joy quotient has been severely challenged. You know, I really didn't even see it until a couple weeks ago when I reacted in a very uncharacteristically way that I wasn't proud of. I had the privilege of traveling with some of our staff to a conference in Seattle, Washington. And let me just tell you something. Seattle is not Texas. I thought I had prepared myself emotionally for what I was going to experience. And I prepared myself for it But after a long day of travel and all the craziness in the airport and then the flight, it hit me smack in the face at the very first restaurant we went to. 
And I had a pretty intense reaction to a culture that was not Texas. I will tell you sadly that I was glad I had some church staff with me and another guest pastor, church planner with me because my reaction was not going to be very pastoral. In fact, one of the staff members reminded me they're just doing what they've been told to do. But I was angry to a level that I hadn't experienced before. And so I took a very angry walk back to the hotel and I realized that not only was my reaction not normal, but it wasn't very godly. Now, I didn't grab the guy, smack the guy down, and face jail time, okay? Don't hear that, okay? So don't walk out of here saying that. But it was a wake-up call for me. It was a wake-up call that I was getting caught up in all this stuff, and I haven't navigated through like I thought I had. And so I had to have time for some self-examination and, and some confession to the Lord. And I realized I was finding myself more aggravated with stuff, less patient with people, and more frustrated with life and ministry than any other time I can remember. Which is why this sermon series on experiencing joy is vitally important for me. By the way, this sermon is just for me. Y'all have me over here in a conversation I'm having myself in front of y'all, okay? So, so if it applies to you, great, use it. But, it's, but here's what I also realize. As I've been talking to a lot of people, I'm not the only one who struggles with living a joy-filled, optimistic, Christ-centered life with all that's going on. You know, with all we've experienced in the last 20 months, all that's been lost, the struggles that we've endured, the celebrations you didn't get to attend, the funerals you weren't able to have, the hospital visits you couldn't make. And now, trying to figure out the reality of what's next, it can be pretty challenging to choose joy and experience the wonder of Christmas so this topic of experiencing joy is one that I think we need to press into and press into deeply and, and, and search God's word. What does it mean to experience joy in our lives? Jason Phelps, our discipling director, started off last week about experiencing the joy of the Lord and how that should manifest itself in our countenance. And he asked the question, and man, it nailed me. Do, do people see the joy of the Lord in our daily living, in our relationships, and in our worship? 
reminding us that a grumpy Christian is not the most winsome and attractive ingredient for sharing our faith with others. I agree. But I also think so many of us, and myself included, think that we're responsible for creating the joy in our lives, that we're responsible for experiencing joy. No matter what's happening in my life, I gotta suck it up, buttercup, and figure out how to find some joy in here because doggone it, we're gonna have joy, right? And you hear statements like choose joy, or if you don't use it, you'll lose it, or well, then you read a Bible pastor's sermon that says rejoice in our sufferings. I don't wanna do that. Because you know what? I believe that I'm tired and I don't have the source and the strength anymore to to muster enough energy to, to rejoice right now because what's happening is, is, is not fun. See, I believe there's a danger that we think we can manufacture joy in our lives, and if we can't, there's something wrong with us and something wrong with our faith life. You see, the world tells us that we can create our own joy and happiness. We can have successful careers and a happy marriage and family, a nice home, incredible vacation, fancy cars, the latest technologies, and a bunch of likes, retweets, and friends on social media. And all this adds up to the perfect ideal recipe for a happy and joy-filled life, right? The problem with that idea is that there's so many things in my life that are completely out of my control. And so as we prepare our hearts and our minds to receive this Christ child on this Christmas, we're talking about how we can experience joy regardless of the great things, bad things, indifferent things, challenging things, whatever it is around us that we can sing joy to the world and mean it. That we can sing silent nights and sleep in heavenly peace. So we're gonna be going through a couple scriptures this morning together and I invite you to take out your Bibles. And our first one I wanna look at is experiencing joy in God's presence. And I think we, I, I, I don't want to minimize, this is where it has to start, y'all, because this is, this is huge. I'd like you to turn to Psalm 16. Psalm 16. If you can't find it, it's just open your Bibles like the middle. You'll hit, you'll hit Psalms and go back to the 16th verse and verse 8. I gotta find it too. Here's what verse eight says. I have set the Lord, how often? <laughs> Always before me. Because he is where? He's in my right hand. Right next to me, the seat of honor. The seat of honor in my life. And because of that, I shall not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad, and my whole being, what? Rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. For you 
You, Lord, will not abandon my soul to Sheol, the ultimate darkness, or let your Holy One see corruption. You see, David wrote this psalm as an acknowledgement of God's grace and goodness. This is really just to praise him, David proclaiming who God is in his life. His is a mighty refuge, a strong counselor, a firm foundation. But then look at verse 11. Verse 11 says, you make known to me the path of life. Okay, right? In your presence, this is, this is what got me. In your presence, there is what? Fullness of joy. In your presence, there is a fullness of joy. What does that mean? What does fullness of joy mean? I put together a compilation of people. I started researching. What does fullness of joy mean? Here's what I got. Fullness of joy. It means it is experiencing joy in God's presence that it far outweighs all other competing emotions and overflows into our lives and permeates our being. Let's put that up there. It is experiencing joy in God's presence that it far outweighs all other competing emotions. Huh. And overflows into our lives and permeates our being. You see, the scripture teaches us that there is no place where a believer can go that is outside of God's presence. We, we know that from scripture, Psalm 139 tells us this, that, that God is all-knowing, omniscient, all-present, omnipresent, and then you look in the Bible, it tells us that he takes up residence in our hearts and the soul. You, you just saw what took place for Frankie. I mean, that was a miracle taking place where the fullness of God's joy is now welling up inside of Frankie. I mean, do we actually believe that? His presence, God's presence, through simple water and, water, water and the word, is now God's spirit living in Frankie. And so the reality is, as God's child, forgiven, redeemed, and baptized, I am never out of God's presence. But there are times, though, when I'm unable to sense God's presence. It's not God's fault. It's because I'm disconnecting from the source. It happens, maybe the... Maybe these somebody's resonate. You can fill in the blanks. When I become too invested in the things of this world, or when I step away from spending time in His Word, or walk away from prayer or devotion, or maybe it's when I start getting self-centered, or I start feeling that "woe is me" and life circumstances and. You fill out the blanks. You see, it's easy, it's easy to push him out of our hearts when we harbor resentment or discontentment or 
get caught up in politics or get caught up in COVID craziness or focus on things completely out of our control. And when we do that, it's hard to experience the fullness of joy, God's presence in our lives. You see, God woke me up that, with that one encounter in Seattle. And while I still struggle, I am thankful for a time for rest. And a reminder that I've been trying to take too much care of stuff myself. And because of that, it's real easy to get caught up losing the fullness of joy. But I'm thankful that God can provide a moment, wake me up, drive me back into Scripture, and provide a biblical context that exposes my weakness and restore me, as the psalm says, to the joy of my salvation. So for me, if you want to have a conversation about experiencing joy, it's got to start with God's presence in my life that it will permeate and affect every aspect of my life. I want you to turn to Luke chapter 1. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, New Testament. It's on page 856 of you using the Bibles in front of you. This is a story, Luke chapter 1 and 2, the story of the birth of Christ. And Luke chapter 1, beginning verse 39, it's a story of Mary visiting her cousin Elizabeth. Elizabeth, who's pregnant with John the Baptist. Verse 39. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. That's cool, y'all. The presence of God in utero, in Mary, has an effect on John the Baptist that he's doing like a joy jig inside of Elizabeth. And filled, Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and she exclaimed with a loud voice, blessed are you among women, Mary, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, the sound of your greeting came to my ears. The baby in my womb leaped for joy. You see, that is experiencing joy in God's presence. And how does she respond? If you look at verse 46, she busts out in a song. Can, can I just tell y'all something? I love when I hear y'all sing. Can I tell you how much it blesses me when you, you, you respond with singing as a band leads and, 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 and you're there's times, I, it might look, I'm, I'm just looking at y'all, I'm just, it's awesome that, that, that I'm engaged in worship with you and, and your voice is, is just, I love it. She breaks out in song and she says, it's actually called the Magnificat, it's a liturgical thing we use in a traditional service. 
Verse 46, and Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. In the presence of God, her response with having the fullness of joy is that I'm gonna make large the Lord. I am gonna glorify him, I am gonna magnify him. My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will be called me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. Holy is his name. What is Mary saying? Does she not know her entire world has been rocked? Does she not know she was given this promise that she's going to be the mother of the Savior of the world? She's a virgin, and Joseph's not the dad. This is a culture that's governed by honor and shame. And she is saying, oh, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, regardless of what's going on in my life. My world is falling apart. I'm about to have a baby in a, in a barn. She didn't know this yet, but I mean, Wow. Mary's life is turned upside down. And her response is a fullness of joy response, and it just says, how can I magnify the Lord? Mighty is he who's done great things for me. Holy is his name. How, how would that change your life if that was your response? With whatever you see on TV, with whatever you struggle with in life, with whatever circumstance you're facing right now that is bigger than life itself, and that you know that the fullness of joy resides in you, and because of that, I am gonna magnify the creator of the universe. You see, the Lord has come. We sing, O come, O come, Emmanuel, God with us. Let me see if I can tie this all up. I'm about to band forward. Turn to John 15. Just go, just go one chapter over, John 15. Let me see if I can connect some dots for you. Put a nice Christmas bow on this. How about this? John 15, verse... 11. Here Jesus is promising his disciples the Holy Spirit. Here Jesus is promising them that he's going to leave them. He's preparing them for his death. He's talking about he's a vine, they're the branches and that they're going to produce fruit in him. But look what he says in verse 11. He says, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may be where? In you. And because of that, that your joy may be full. He's just saying, guys, guys, I've come to be with you, but now I want to live in you so you can experience the fullness of my joy. And let me connect one more dot to you. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. It's on page 955. 
you remember the Old Testament sacrificial system? That God's presence was only in the temple. And God's presence was only in the Holy of Holies. And God's people only got to experience God's presence once a year at Yom Kippur on the Day of Atonement. The high priest would enter into the Holy of Holies to experience the Lord's presence, to ask for the forgiveness of the sins of all Israel. And you remember what happened on when Jesus died? The temple curtain was torn in two. It was that temple curtain separating the holy place from the most holy place. And now that means we have direct access to the Father. That means we have direct access to the presence of the Lord every single day. Now look at verse 19 of 1 Corinthians 6. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God you are not your own. You were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. Man, experiencing joy is all about experiencing God in his presence. And it's having that fullness of joy that will permeate and impact and influence everything we think, say, and do, regardless of what's happening around us. The word became flesh. John 1.14 says, and made his dwelling among us. And because of that, I can proclaim just like Paul did. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I'll say rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. May God grant that to each of us. For Jesus' sake. To God alone be the glory. Thanks for joining us. We hope God used this time to turn your heart more towards Him. Be sure to check out Glory Day online at gdlc.org for next steps you can take. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram at GDLC Houston as we help more people live life with Jesus every day.